see. Uh, you may go, this is boring, but uh, I want you to know everything I'm about to, to teach you or to help you. We are going to read through Genesis 1 on through Genesis chapter 2 through verse 3 to talk about the first seven days. But I want to set some things when you study Genesis and when you look at Genesis that are very, very important for us to take care of. There are things that we cannot understand. There are questions that we try to answer about Genesis that are really not answerable. There are some things about uh, uh, Genesis that, it, to me, it's just like our relationship with Christ, that we have to have faith in Christ, what he did for us. Well, we just have to have faith that God made it and how he did it. Really, honestly, he's, he's made our brains so incredible, we can figure out why things are done. But back then, nobody, know why, nobody knows why they were done. So that's what we're going to talk about. So I wanted to start out with a proverb first, uh, in that it says this, let not... Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Why? So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Uh, and, and you need to do this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So for the next two weeks, you're just going to have to do that. Uh, and so if you have the scientific mind, if you have that mind that says that doesn't make sense, um, guess what? You're going to have to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Uh, and I'm going to explain that in just a few minutes. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. It says, but be not wise in your own eyes. And that's why we're going to talk about looking at the uh, first chapter of Genesis from a scientific uh, uh, view, which some of us like to do. But it says this, be not wise in your own eyes. So when you read Genesis, be not wise in your own eyes, thinking that you have to have these answers. Some answers we don't need, and some answers I think that God says you're not, gonna, you're not going to receive those answers because I need you to trust me from the very beginning. It says it will be healing to your, to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And it says, my son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Nowhere in that scripture that we just read is there anything about trusting science? Is there anything about trusting men? Is there anything about uh, scientific matters? It just simply says this. If you follow me and you follow the commands that I have, if you just trust me and you lean not on your own understanding, that's your focus. Now, I'm going God, to, God's up there going, now I'm going to make some people with scientific minds so, so, that, so that I will allow you to see the moon one day close up, that I will allow a telescope to be built by a, an incredible mind that we can see planets that we can't even imagine exist. I'm going to give them that, but I limit it as much as I want. And so I always start out because, there's, like I said, there's always folks that want to know, was, the, was it seven literal days, 24 hours? And what I'm going to tell you is it does not matter. We know that God made it. Uh, so if you want to have fun with that, go ahead. But what we want to do is, I think from the very beginning, the father said, trust me. You've got to trust me. Um, I love this uh, uh, quote by Manfred uh, Goetz. He's, uh, he's a theologian. He wrote the, if you ever want to pick up a little bit, he wrote uh, uh, these real thin, just kind of introductory uh, 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 commentaries. Uh, it's, it's really good. But he said, we were created by God. Events as they occur are not happenstance. They are controlled and supervised by God. Life is a meaningful and pur purposeful since we have been per uh, persuaded, uh, persuaded personally that God is and that he is almighty. 
There are people who do not believe this, but their unbelief does not change anything. So that's a great quote. It doesn't change anything. So what we want to go through, I want to talk about the Hebrew languages. This is the, the nerdy side of me. You have to understand when we read, everybody with me? Okay. When we read Genesis, we cannot read it. We have to understand it was, it was written in Hebrew. Okay? And so the Hebrew language is made up of mainly verbal forms. That's it. That's it. Guys, look, it's, there's 900 verbs. So the verb love, it has no past tense. It has no present. It's just love. So if I go, uh, if I go Craig, I love you, I would use one verb. I love you. Okay, but if I want to talk to Shannon, I'd go, I love, love, love you. So there's a difference. And when you, when you look at the Hebrew writing, you have to take it from uh, that and understand that some of the things that we read, they're trying to put into our vernacular, but we have to understand that there's very few nouns there. And uh, when you look at the Hebrew language, it has a lot to do with uh, that word. What, what, what does that word mean? And, and we've had some uh, scholars do some great jobs on understanding that. The verbs have no tense. Does that make sense? That's why I say love. Uh, there's, no, there's no indication of whether a verb was past, present, or future. You need to understand, when you read that, we look at it as though God made. Right? Made is what? Right. But really, that's not, it's just made. It's, there's no past, there's no, it's just boom, it was made. It's happening. And the action of the verb is currently happening or is finished. Uh, there is no sense of time. So for those of you who are grammar people, like my wife, she does. Uh, she checks over this for messi- uh, just these things to make sure I've spelled things correctly and there's no mistakes. And the whole, whole time she wanted to change this because she said, that doesn't make sense. And I said, because that's because you're thinking from a grammar state of mind, right? You can't do that, okay? And we cannot change Genesis into something that fits us. We have to read Genesis as it is. A 900-plus verb uh, message, okay? So we have to understand that when you read it, you have to read it understanding that. And so what you see, it may be one word, but there may be three. Does that make sense now? So you may go, and it was good. It, it may have been good, 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 complete. It was, it, was, it was done, okay? It was good. And when you say done, even me saying that is a past tense, but it's not past tense. It's, it's just the only way we can describe it. It was done. In other words, it really what it means for us, it was made ready for his creation. It was made ready for his creation. When God said, hey, it is good, what that means is to complete something. It means to say it's agreeable. It's good. It's not God said, oh, that's so good. He was saying this is agreeable. In other words, agreeable to what I wanted for my creation that at the very end I'm going to create. Because we're, we're, I'm, I'm going to create, and that was man. So uh, understand that. The second thing I want you to focus on is when reading Genesis, nothing is gained by bringing God's revelation into accordance with today's science. Science is dynamic, um, whereas uh, 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 um, Genesis is pretty static. What I mean is we read, we read Genesis, and that's where we start looking at the seven days, and we start looking at You say, what, what do you mean dynamic? Remember, science is, is, uh, is always in a state of flux. Where's, where's my science teacher? So he's in a state of flux, isn't it? It really is. You go, we figured that out. But the, just about the time you figure it out, something changes. That's scientific. It just, it's in the state of flux. It's, there's no complete. Whereas when you read Genesis, it's static. It's done. There's nothing that's going to add to it. 
We're the ones that's learning about the creation based on the brains that God gave us that are going to walk toward learning more about what God did and how he did it, okay? Um, Another thing is one must read it as the Israelites did, as a historical understanding of the answers uh, of the awesome, incredible act of deity. That's pretty much it. So watch this. This is where I want you to get it, don't it? I don't believe in mythology. I don't believe in, in mythological beings. But what you have to say is, when you go back to the Israelites, they were living in the world of mythology. All right? You and I look at it and go, no. Okay? But all they knew is that water, watch this, water fell from heaven. So there must be a big old pool of water up there in the heavens. Okay? You see what I'm saying? And we would go, well, scientifically, no, that's, you can't look at it scientifically. All I know is every once in a while, God takes a ladle, pours it out, and does that, right? You can't read it to say, well, no, here's really what happens. And, and uh, because they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know that uh, the sun is 70% hydrogen. It's uh, 28% helium. They didn't know that, <laughs> They didn't know that 1.5% of it was uh, nitrogen and oxygen, and that 0.5% of it was uh, uh, like silicone, magnesium, sulfur. They didn't go, oh, that's what it is. That's scientific. So when it says that there's light, and you'll notice in a minute, just read it, that there's light. If you look at it, God created the light, which we're going to read, right? But then four verses later, he created the sun. What's up with that? Okay? So what you need to know is we don't, in our understanding, we get light from the sun, right? But there was light already here. God didn't, didn't need the sun. You know who needed the sun? We needed the sun. His creation needed the sun. If one day we figured out that is 70% helium. And I don't know how they found that out. I don't know how scientists do that. But I bet you if they got up there, they all talk real high like that because that's what helium does to you. <laughs> that's after they burn to death. So what I want you to see is when you read Genesis, you have to read it not from a scientific standpoint. You have to read it from this understanding that this was a historical process. And, and all of a sudden, and, and also the author of, of, of uh, Genesis, you know, I would ask any student that would go, that would go to Bible college or seminary, and quickly they will say, well, Moses. And I'm going, do you know for sure? And you never can answer that. I've asked professors, and they go, well, nobody knows for sure. And I'm going, okay, maybe after, if you know, maybe after chapter 6, 8, 12, I could see where Moses could write it. Plus, Paul talked about, and the New Testament talks about the writings of Moses. Well, we don't know if that was Deuteronomy, and we don't know if that was Leviticus. We, we really don't have any idea. And I, I pointed last, uh, I, at this camp I was at, there's always lots of seminary students, college students that are doing internships and things like that. And uh, that reminds me, where's Samantha? Samantha, stand up. Samantha is our intern for the summer. So she, you're going to see her around here working. But I wanted everybody to meet Samantha. She does a lot of stuff around here. But we're glad that you're here, Samantha, okay? I just want, didn't want to forget that. Um, and we're just going to pour into her. But when you, with these college students and these seminary students that I got there, there's like three of them. And I said, hey, uh, who wrote Moses? Oh, I mean, who wrote uh, Genesis? Well, Moses. And I go, how do you know? And they go, well, it's what I learned, and I go, well, what happened if Abraham wrote the first four chapters, which are not really chapters? What happened if he did it? And then it was handed on. 
So I want you to know there are things that we don't know. Do I think it was Moses? I think some of it was Moses. Do I know for sure? No. Anybody that says yeah, it was Moses? No. If you look at Paul's writings, you can tell it's Paul that he wrote those writings. First of all, because he says, I, Paul. <laughs> all right. Well, in, in Genesis, it pretty much says, I, God. Right? But what I want you to understand from a historical standpoint, then we're going to read it, is that uh, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, all these different groups, there are writings that they wrote. For us, we have Genesis chapter 1, right? How it all began. But they also have writings that biblical scholars will study. But what happens is they took their own understanding and said, okay, there's water up there and there's water down here. There's a sun up there. And God says, listen, this, this stuff is material. But they wanted to put an action behind it. They want to put a worker behind it. And that's where you get these mythological understandings that, well, I guess the sun, it, that's a god. And the sun warms us and the sun helps all the, that's mythological. All right? And then you look in the, in the Egyptian part of it, they have a, a, a god of sun and they have a god of the moon. And then we all, moon, and then we go, wow, look all that water. There is a, there is a, we'll just make this god, and this god will be Poseidon and he'll take care of all these things. So when you read Genesis, if you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Just want to make sure you're not bored to death. When you read Genesis, you have to read it from not a scientific standpoint. You have to read it from a standpoint of historical value to the people that lived during that day. And they did the best they could with their understanding. All other, what's this? This is real interesting. The Israelites who believed in Jehovah God, right, that we believe in, they did not obligate God to anything else but what was there. Does that make sense? Whereas if you look at other people that believe in the sun God, they believe in the water God, they believe in all this mythological, they believe in the stars, they believe in, over time really, you believe in Pisces, you believe in Sagittarius, and they speak to us because that's the star. They did not obligate God to do that. They just said, that's God. There's one God that made it all. And so... Our minds are just, we want to fix things, so we go, well, let's, we got to attach something to why that sun shine up there. we got to attach, right? we got to believe that there's a God Poseidon that has water up there, too, and he's dropping it on us, right? Because they didn't know that the sun, right, hits the water. Anybody remember school? Water makes little droplets that go up, Right? And then all of a sudden, those little droplets make what? Clouds. Those little droplets get so big, the higher you get, they expand. And all of a sudden, it gets what? Heavy. And rain comes. And rain falls in such an amount that it's like a millionth of one of those, a millionth of those droplets that make up how that rain comes down in a drop. So we know that. But they just believe God of the ocean went. So we have to read it from that standpoint. And all of a sudden, God comes along and says, listen, through the Holy Spirit, this is what we believe about the Bible, that God said, whoever the writer was, I'm going to give you all that you need to know, and that's it. And I'm going to allow the rest of you, throughout the course of time, I'm going to let you learn things about how I did this and why I did that. All right, so let's read, uh, let's read uh, Genesis chapter 1. We'll just look at the beginning. Look. Um, 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The form and void is, is in the Hebrew word, it's, it's, it really is nothing. It's emptiness. Look, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. I want you to notice that mythological would say, and the God of darkness, or the God of light, this is the Spirit of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit of God that we have in our heart today was present. Can you imagine that? So I, watch this. We learned about four or five weeks ago that the Spirit of God is what discloses things about God to us, right? Tells us what to pray. The Spirit of God was there with the Father and the Son when they made uh, this earth. Isn't that amazing? It says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So that's where most people say, well, the waters are up in heaven. Because we hadn't got to uh, where the water was on earth yet. All right? It says this. It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And it was a cosmic light. I can't explain it. I, I just can't explain it. Okay? And if anybody wants to explain a cosmic light, have fun. But all I know is the light that he described was, it was cosmic. It wasn't the sun. That was not the sun. We say, oh, sun was made. No, you'll see it in just a few minutes. So it's this cosmic light. God didn't need the sun. We needed it. It says, uh, and God saw that the light was good. Now, that word good is repeated over and over and over again. And they have figured out that this word good is to be understood as now it's, for our understanding, it's workable. Now I can work with this. It's, a, it, it's, it's good. It's agreeable. It's going to have meaning now. It has meaning. So this light has a meaning. It says, and God separated the light from the darkness, all right? And it says, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning. We're going just through the days real quick. So basically, day one, time began. Now, we're going to make, uh, uh, we're going to look at time from a, a, a standpoint of Dan, but he said, I've got to create time. But watch this. Everybody look right here. Now, you're going, what, 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 I'm ready for the stories of Abraham. And, yeah, we're going to get there. But this will help you have more faith in what you're going to be reading about Abraham and all the other characters of the Old Testament. So don't let this fly past you because it's just kind of a, a very cranial. But listen, time. That's what we hold God to. God doesn't think in time. Does that make sense? God, time is not an issue with God. Time is an issue with men, right? So even in the midst of this, he created this cosmic light, and he created this cosmic time. And he's fixing to take this time and press it together and form these days. But the first day you go, what was it about? It was about God saying, there's time. I'm the light. I make everything, and now I'm putting in this, this cosmic light. I'm putting in this understanding of this cosmic time because I'm going to turn it into day. I'm going to turn it into night. Look at this. Because remember, day and night didn't need the sun when God made it. You go, well, how do you have day and night? Listen, trust not, right? Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him, right? Trust that you just, just keep, I don't know the answer, and quit trying to search for it, all right? There's a great song I'm going to play for you next week. It's, uh, it's a great song that came out in 2000 by a guy named Chris Wright. Chris Rice. Anybody remember Chris Rice? 
I just love his music, and uh, I'm going to play it for you next week. If you want to go listen to it on Spotify or whatever you do, it's, uh, it's uh, Questions for Heaven. And I love that because there are just questions that you're just going to have to ask God down the road because uh, they're unanswerable here, okay? So it says, uh, then it went on, and so day one was time, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. Now you will know why people believed that there was water in heaven, right? Waters from waters. Look, and then he says, and God made the expanse, and that's the heavens, that's a firmament, some of you have in your Bible. And he separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. So now he's beginning to separate things out and he's preparing for us. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning and that was the second day. So the second day was about this cosmic order. Remember, everything on the first two days of God is this. God made it, Right? And I know what he's making it for. He's making it for us. It's cosmic. We can't explain it. it. The light is cosmic. We can't explain it. And so what I want you to know as you hear people talk, they want to try to explain it. And I, I really, I'm, I get so, I'm, I'm probably what, I'm very impatient with people that want to talk about all the scientific things that we just will never understand. Uh, especially theologians that want to talk about, well, this was a day, and this day was 24 hours in a day. Well, it, there was a cosmic order to it. Now, here we go. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. It was ready. Remember? It was agreeable. It was good. It was ready. It was agreeable for what? It was agreeable for who? It was agreeable for us. Now, once you see this, you go, well, what in the world am I going to take away from this today? Uh, everything that you see and everything that we experience, God made for us. It's for us. He wanted it for us. But he also wants us to go, you did this, right? It's all about you. That's so why when we look at a mountain or a snow-capped place or we're looking at a lake and we say, how can people say there's no God? That's because he goes, good, because I made that for you. And when you recognize it, I want the glory for it because I did it. And, and we were driving home uh, with, with another couple from Beaumont. And, and uh, uh, did y'all see the, the beautiful lightning show that God put on for us? I think, it, was it Friday night or Saturday night? Friday night? Did anybody see that? Yeah. God, when, and here I am reading through Genesis, and I'm going, what a stinking show. And a scientist, not that scientists are bad, but a theological scientist would begin talking about how that lightning was made and that it, where it came from. And, and I'm going, I just don't care. Like when I'm looking at the 4th of July on, or, or, or the 1st, and I, I say I don't care, I have no preference who made. I'm just looking at all the fireworks. I'm not thinking, okay, that right there was made with this powder and this and this. I, I'm just looking at the beauty. And God says, don't worry about those details. I'll take care of that. But here's this earth, and I'm going to give you a show. I think sometimes God, you know, uh, you know, just does things for our eyes to say, would you look at me? Would you pay attention to me? Would you give me some glory? It's like some of you moms and dads, when you do something, or even husbands and wives, when you do something around the house, 
there's a party that goes, I hope they say something because I've worked. And then when they walk out, they go, oh, well, that really needs to go over here and this needs to go here and that. And you're going, can't you just say thank you? You ever been there, right? Well, sometimes God says, you don't need to know how it's made. You don't need to know how. You just simply look at me and say, man, good job, God. And maybe this week you're going to see some things and go, wow, good job, God. It is agreeable to me. It is good. It's good. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing. You need to remember that. I need to remember that. Genesis 1 is just not an account. It's to bring glory to who God is. And, and, And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants, so everything that we look at, plant, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind and on earth. And it was so. So now he's making vegetation. Isn't that cool? He's making flowers. He's making, you know, he, he, he's making all these fruit trees. Yeah. So every time you eat a cutie, you go, well, it's probably man-made by something, you know, it's just, you know, everything. Listen, God, if you can call it what you want, maybe God said, hey, I like that name. You can call it a cutie. I love cuties. How could you like five in a row? Could y'all not do that? Grapes. Oh, oh, take the grapes and you put them in the, some of you go, I don't like them. I put them in the, the refrigerator because I like them cold. How people eat popcorn is how I eat grapes. I could buy one of those big thing of H-E-B grapes in the package. I could sit down in front of a golf game and just throw them in my mouth. I love grapes. I love watermelon. Hey, let me tell you, I went and bought a watermelon. We bought the first one, and it was yucky. It was terrible. So I go by H-E-B, and I'm walking in, and I see watermelons for $2.63, and I see watermelons for $5 and something. They're about that big, and I'm looking at it, and one man walked up to me and said, I know your dilemma. He said, you need to get the $2.63 because this is the third time I've gotten it, and they are sweet. You're wasting your time. Okay, let's go get it. I got that watermelon. We brought it home. Oh, my goodness. It was sweet. And you know what? We eat that, that stuff, and then we go, that's good. But how often do you go, thanks, God, for that watermelon? He made all this. This is what he wants us to know. You know? Listen, he made cows, and he said, use your brain. And we go, protein. Mm. Hunger. Mm. And then somebody got very wise, and God said, have fun with that cow. And somebody said, I shall put a batter over that cow. Right? And I shall call it something it's not even close to. I shall call it chicken fried steak. (laughs) But everything that we try to form in our minds, listen, everything that we try to form, God had already made it. We cannot put anything together on this earth. That God didn't already say, I'll give you the basis for it. You want to know the sun's made up of helium and all that other stuff? I made all that stuff, and you finally figured out what it is. You with me? So when you read Genesis, to me, it's fun to read and go, wow, everything I eat, man, that, that watermelon was good. We had, oh, we had purple whole peas and sausage and went to the bone, got these fresh market tomatoes. Anybody getting hungry? 
Yeah. All right, here we go. So let's read on. He says, it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its own kind. And God saw this is good. This is good for my creation. Look. And, and there was evening, and there was morning, and that was the third day. So on the third day, he made vegetation. Isn't that cool? So now he's starting to, and I, y'all, look at this. I just see God going, okay, what are my people going to need? Going to need some fruit for their body. We're going to need vegetation. We're going to need this plant, right? We need all this stuff for these people that I'm about to make so that it can sustain them. Uh, Then it says, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens. Now here's what we're starting to see. There was already light. He said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. So in other words, remember I told you in the Hebrew, instead of light, this may have been light, 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 light. It, it could have been more. It's just saying this is, these are not just two lights. It's, it's this light that's in the expense of heavens and one for the day and night. And let them be the signs and for the seasons and for the days and for the years. You with me? Seasons. So all of us, of course, we all know we have two seasons here, Right? God said, hey, I'm getting kind of tired, and he pretty much said, y'all only get two seasons. So the two seasons that we have are hot and kind of cold, right? Uh, so he made seasons, but he made that for us. So that's why we all get in a plane. We, we travel over to the East Coast, and the beauty of it is what we want to see, right? You know who God made that for? Us. Everybody look at me. If you ever felt lonely, if you ever felt uncared for, if you ever feel like nobody hears you, if you ever feel like I've got absolutely nobody, look around and you will simply see in creation God said, I made this for you because I care about you. I want you to be well. I want you to be fed. And I want you to give me the glory for it. So when you take a cutie and you eat it, you say, oh. And he'll go, I like that. Because I remember when I'm, remember, hey, Jesus, yeah, hey, Holy Spirit, yeah. Remember when we made that? Oh, yeah, we were there. Yeah, we were there. So it says, says, so the seasons and for the days and the years. See how time was for us. You think God really says, okay, birth a baby. Okay, and we go, oh, how's your baby? Uh, 14 months. God, uh, God just knows that's his child. How old you are is irrelevant to him, right? But it's for us to understand, oh, how old your child? 14 months. Okay, now I understand why he poops in his diaper. Because we have to understand that, right? And then there comes a time where you go, hey, how old your kid? He's 12. Yeah. Okay, I don't understand why he's wearing that diaper anymore, why he has that noonie in his mouth at school. I'm serious, you know? And so time, seasons, growth, it's, us, it's for us to go, oh, that's why, right? We know we're going to, oh, they're going to grow out of that, right? Yeah, I always love that story about that principal that uh, was a teacher at one point, and, and they were young kids, and uh, they're kindergarten, and they all get down on their mats to sleep. That's, I don't know if they still do that, but I love nap time. And they were sleeping, she said, she would notice one kid right before, right before uh, uh, there's nap time, would walk over to the coat rack. We're like, you know, the little things were, their, their coat, just stand there for a minute. 
And then we'd walk back every day, two or three times a day. So finally she said like she wasn't looking, and she's looking out of the corner of her eye, and what he's doing, he's walking over to his little lunchbox thing, and on the side he'd pull out a nudie and go. <laughs> he was getting a fix, you know? That's what he was. There's a noonie fix. That's all it was. And he put it back down. And go back down. You know, he needed a fix. Well, why did he need that fix? Because he's growing up. You know what that was for? There comes a time where we grow up. That time is for us to understand when it's time to move on to things. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Listen, we need to understand that's what God's doing. He's made all this. He's made the years. We look at somebody. If God didn't give us years... We'd probably not look at one another and go, man, they're getting old. Old's for us, right? Because we use that. We go, man, what's with them? They have an attitude. They're old. (laughs) Right? Or what is the deal with them? They're jumpy. They're adolescents. Right? We say, why are they so moody? They're pregnant. (laughs) Everything about time is for us to understand, not God. You didn't know Genesis would be so much fun, and we're just doing chapter one. Look at this. It says, and let them, be, let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens and give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made the two great lights, and the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give the light on the earth. So this is when God made the sun and the moon. He said, to rule over the day and to over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. You know what that was for? You know what the sun and moon's for? It's for tides. Yeah, we figured that out. Watch this. But also, it's so we'll know when to go to bed. Right? Except them in Alaska, poor people. I don't know. God said, I'm going to let it stay like there a lot. I don't know how it is. Or in Canada, when we went to Canada, it was like we were out climbing doing trails at 10 o'clock at night. But it wasn't all night, but God also made what? Time to know, wow, that's why I'm getting tired, right? Everything that you see and breathe and you look at, it's just God. Look, it says this, and there was evening and there was morning and that was the fourth day. So day four was about seasons and weather. He began to put all this seasons together and weather. And then verse 20, and God said, let the waters swarm and the swarms of living creatures. Wow. And let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So now God is making birds, all sorts of stinking birds. Now, I, I don't go out looking. I'm not a bird watcher. Hey, let's go look for birds. I'm just, if you are, have fun. Uh, but I love watching birds. Does that make sense? And the beauty of a bird, right? The blue jay, the cardinal, right? Even a duck. We loved that thing so much, we shot it and ate it. It was so beautiful. Listen, uh, we, we sometimes let that pass by us, right? The birds that fly. You go, oh, all they do is make a mess in my car. That's because you parked under a tree. Or you did something wrong, and that's God's way of saying, no, I'm just kidding. It's not, uh, <laughs> we don't know. But all that, when you look at all the different types of birds and the living creatures of the sea, 
That's why this song that I'm going to let you hear next week, I'll have all the stuff to it, is one of the things is, you know, why did you make so, so many living stars? You know, so many stars. Why did you, where where the dinosaurs go? Right? And you could do all the carbon dating you want. You don't, we don't know anything about time. We really don't. Right? You go, well, you, you don't understand science, Pat. I understand science. Science is always in flux. Even when you think you've answered it. Then six months later, somebody finds something and goes, what? Don't. I thought I had that. Look. See, we want to make these, these creatures. I don't know why God made sharks. I don't, but I really do. They're bottom. They clean things up for us. The whale dies, goes to the bottom, and phew, the crabs go, mmm. But God made all those crabs and said, you know what? Y'all are going to need some clean oceans to swim in, so I'm going to make creatures to clean them up. And the way that you're going to make your oceans dirty, you're going to have to deal with yourself. Right? In fact, the way you treat my oceans and the way you treat my rivers, uh, you're really messing up something I made for you. So when you, when you want to do a bottle or cut it up or cut the little you know, things that won't drown a dolphin or whatever it is, whatever you want to do, listen, um, you're messing up God's creation. Right? You're not doing it just to save the planet. If you know God, saving the planet is his job, right? But really taking care of the things that is our job. It says, and God blessed him, saying, be fruitful and multiply and, and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Look, and there was the evening and there was the morning, the fifth day. I've got to move quickly. So day five was sea creatures and birds. It's really interesting. Day six, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make men. Man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. We're going to talk about that next week. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and, you, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth and to everything that has breath of life, I've given every green plant for food And it was good. Look, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. There it is, that Hebrew. That's our way of saying good, 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 good. Other times he said it was what? It's good. And then he said, now that I've made all this for you, I'm going to put you in this earth. And then when we get further into chapter 2, we're going to find out more details about that creation and what happened. It says that was the sixth day. On the sixth day, uh, all the creatures and people were made. And then that's the two one, just three verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. 
And so God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. Because on, on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So on the last day, he rested. Right? So here's what I want you to walk away understanding that everything you do this week, that you can drive and that you can think and that your brain can do things that are amazing. Listen, that you've got to, watch this, that, that you can touch and you can feel and you can see, that you can have a mind that puts two or three flavors together and go, wow, those flavors are wonderful. That we had that mind, all that. I don't know who grabbed their first shrimp out of the water and said, hmm, I'm going to try this. But I'm glad they did. But back then, they may have not understood the garlic. But then I take the garlic, and we take the olives, and we press the olive oil, right? Press it into olive oil, and we have this garlic and olive, and then we understand salt and pepper. All that that you're about to enjoy on your palate came from your Father in heaven, right? And he made it to sustain you. He made it so that at the end, after taking a body something, you go, ooh-wee. And if you're from Louisiana around here, that'd be good. I don't know how. Somebody go, mmm. That came from God, your very taste buds. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. So just don't read past Genesis real quick and say, oh, that's how God made it. But I want you to understand God made it all. God formed it all. And he made it for us. And that's what I want you to walk away with today. Uh, uh, that you would understand this week. When you take a bite of something that tastes good, say thank you, God. When you look at a view, listen, when you look at your children sleeping or your grandchildren, and while they're sleeping, they do this little number, you know, where they just twitch, and it causes you to smile. God gave you that, tw- that little twitch, and God gave you the ability to smile. So this week, Remember, God made this, and he made it good. At the end of it, he said, it's very good. It's good, 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 good. And he made it because he loved his creation, that he, we could sustain life through it. Right? And then we ask ourselves, what's so hard about having faith that he sent his son to die on the cross for us? I wonder which takes more faith. It's just faith. It's not scientific. It's just faith. And so I encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray for us.